You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And uh, before we travel off to the deepest, darkest jungles and African deserts and whatnot, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have the La Ora Aiden. A-D-N? Aiden? Or just A-D-N? I'm not sure. <laughs> Dominicano. So, um, yeah, this cigar is going to... Sport a Chiabo Valley Dominican Republic wrapper with a Cameroon African binder and Chiabo Valley Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. So got a little bit of everything. That's... A little bit of American, a little bit of Dominican, a little bit of Nicaraguan. Don't and know I... why I turned, turned redneck when I said all that. I don't know either. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Dallanega. Uh, Georgia coming hey, it's out. It's got a you. red, white, and blue lapper, wrapper with a pretty sweet lion on it. So, <laughs> well, the lion is what captivated my attention. I was like, "Hey, for the main segment, I remember there was a lion involved." And no, we're not talking about Jungle Book. <laughs> no, this, since we last week we mentioned uh, they just started filming a brand new Indiana Jones, uh, probably Indiana Jones versus the AARP, <laughs> looking for the. Uh, uh, lost bedpan, uh, cause man, he's got to be old now. Uh, so we are like, yeah, we're going to smoke this little, this La Aurora, which you know, on their website says it's a strength is like 85 out of a hundred. So it's fairly, uh, fairly, uh, strong on the strength scale. We'll, we'll let you know how this thing, uh, tastes. As I mean, I go. will say that like, um, I mean, I, I, I definitely get some strength off of it. Um, I mean the, this cigar, I guess, is like for its complexity, actually smokes pretty simply. I would just say it's woody and spicy with just a little touch of sweetness. And I, I, I don't know, spicy. Like when I say that, and then I go to a website from the cigar manufacturer, and they say that too. It's like, hey, I'm on track for my <laughs> tasting notes. Yeah, their description says spicy, woody with notes of. This cigar meld pleasantly with hints of sweetness that segue into graham cracker finish. <laughs> I'll let you know where the graham cracker comes in. Yeah, we're smoking the the Churchill. The yeah. I mean, so I smoked a lot of Churchill. So these like long skinny bastards. Uh, hell, this may last the full hour and a half. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like you know, oftentimes our cigars have a little bit more you know ring gauge size, but. Uh, you know, like uh, when we smoke the Lenceros, it's like, huh, I would not anticipate that being an hour and a half smoke. <laughs> like, So it, it's kind of interesting, you know. I guess it just... How size well don't the... always, uh, I guess it always kind of depends on how quickly the tobacco burns and also whether or not we're running our mouths or and actually <laughs> And that's usually my problem. I spend more time running my mouth than smoking. <laughs> and it's not even on air. Like, usually I'm just having conversations off in the background somewhere and I'm like... Oh, Joe's quiet. Let me chime in. <laughs> it's like that freaking chopstick cigar I tried the other night. This thing, it's decent length, but yet it is it is smaller than a Churchill. It's like a skinny bastard. It's like smoking a freaking uh, chopstick. 
So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, before the, since the new Indiana Jones is, is starting, we're going to talk about what's came before and see if it holds up. Uh, <laughs> and if you're going to travel off to the jungle to, to try to track down some lost, uh, lost idol that should be in a museum, you should probably call in the strike force strike force energy.com 20% off your order. When you use promo code cigar nerds, they come in those tiny, 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 10 pouches, which is going to be easy if you're having to like, you know, travel light or, you know, pack the supplies to get you through your, your jungle quest. Maybe you can trade them to like, you know, villagers and stuff as currency and get them all jacked up on caffeine. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> I feel like that's a whole different topic. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. and an adventure we will go on um all over the damn place like <laughs> quite literally yes oh <laughs> uh, yes we're talking about the indiana jones series of films which kinda... which can be summed up by saying sometimes to be an archaeologist you just got to get out of the library <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie like made it unfair for anyone who like wanted to study to be an archaeologist in college because like you're like man it's like this looks like a lot of adventure and then you like you know actually study archaeology like oh this is not an adventure there's a lot of like time like studying shit and <laughs> like that was always a thing Sweating it's your like balls you know, off in a dig somewhere it's like you're a, you're a part-time you know professor but at the same time like you're going on these like grand adventures for like who even knows how long at a time like <laughs> yeah and and like Oh, okay, well, you're back in the classroom. Great, just, you know, resume teaching. Like, that would never happen in the real world. Yeah, and it was, like, funny. It was, like, just about every movie, they have a scene where he's, like, teaching a class and, like, all the, like, college girls are, like, just drooling over him. But then he goes, like, goes to his, like, office and there's, like, a line of people and they're, like, like, you haven't graded papers and, like, these midterms are due, like, six months ago and you haven't graded them and <laughs> you've got all this mail. And he's, like, I was, like, yeah, he's, like, I don't see how he, well... It's hard to get fired once you have tenure, I guess. But yeah, he's like <laughs> never actually teaching, <laughs> except like occasionally. Well, I mean that's not necessarily true. It's I probably mean, I... like an easy A course. You just like never, uh, <laughs> never actually teach class. It's like one of those like okay, your professor's not here, so automatic pass. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean at the same time though, as he's doing a lot of adventuring, I mean he's dropping knowledge on folks, as you know. As it's going down. Um, Dropping knowledge and punching Nazis. 
Sometimes <laughs> and and sometimes you gotta crap crack a whip. Crack it good, as they say. Like I can remember, like you know, <laughs> as a kid, like um, you know, I guess the the throwback is like going down the toy toy aisle as a uh, you know, boy, and like. Oh, look at there. There's Indiana Jones guns and whips and, you know, just all oh, kinds I think, yeah, of... Oh, yeah, as know. a kid, every one of us had, like, one of those... And they're always, like, horribly made yes. whips that you buy from, like, the roadside stand at uh, in, like, Cherokee, North Carolina or something that, like, end up hitting yourself more than you actually do anything. Or I remember trying, like, I always saw Indy, like... Whipping a tree branch or something and swinging from it. That never works. No, I tried that shit and immediately broke the whip. (laughs) Because it was just stapled to like a wooden handle. And it's just like, I was like, oh, that didn't work. (laughs) My problem is I always broke the branches. (laughs) I don't think I ever made it off the ground to attempt to break the whip. Like, or maybe I broke the whip, but it was because it like got tied around something. (laughs) And I'm like trying to pull it down and it's like not working. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of a, a mix of two of our... You know, childhood directors, uh, you know, written by George Lucas, but directed by freaking Steven Spielberg. Well, I mean, you can definitely tell it was written by George Lucas because nobody can hit shit in any of the films. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a fucking bow and arrow or a fucking gun. Like, yeah, nobody's hitting a fucking target. <laughs> African tribes with blow darts and and th- yeah, or uh, whatever thuggy cult guys in in India. Yeah, none of them can hit anybody. It's like just, just like that, and two like uh, there's uh, we'll break them down. But there's a scene in uh, Temple of Doom where he's like chasing two guys with a sword, <laughs> and then all, and then you see him like s- stop, and he's like, oh shit, turns around to run, and all of a sudden there's like a whole army of guys chasing him. I'm like, that's a shot stolen straight from like Star Wars when he's like chasing stormtroopers and goes around the corner and there's like a whole battalion of stormtroopers. I'm like, Lucas, you're just recycling shit. <laughs> like, I guarantee you, like, it probably if we read the credits, like everybody that was cast in these films, like as you know, just extras, probably were extras of stormtroopers too. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like you much. guys are really good at missing shit. Like. I'm just gonna keep this going for the, the you know, yeah. This kind of the other saga kind of came about because you know Lucas, you know, wanted to kind of create a modern version of the old serial movies from like the you know 30s and 40s, and you know had kind of written this like like back in the 70s, like after Star Wars, and just never got around to making it, and then he kind of happened to be on vacation and you know trying to like after after Star Wars came out and he like blew up and was huge was on vacation trying to kind of avoid the spotlight for a little while and happens to run into Steven Spielberg who's had just come off I think uh whatever Close Encounters of the Third Kind or something and he was like you know I kind of want to make a James Bond movie and Lucas like I got something better than James Bond check this out and they're like and that's kind of how you know, the chocolate got in the peanut butter, and <laughs> Lucas and Spielberg got together to make a... Because it does, it, it's kind of like a... butter stout. When you think about it, like, the the world-trekking adventure of it all could kind of be like a... Just like a mix of James Bond and almost a Western, nearly. You know, just the... <laughs> I think... Uh, Spiel- but, but we got fucking aliens! <laughs> yeah. That's, that's when shit went off the rails. <laughs> like... <laughs> But even like Spielberg said, yeah, it's James Bond without all the toys. <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, like, 
I don't know. I mean, he can definitely MacGyver, you know, some stuff. I mean, like, I don't know. I guess maybe he's got, you know, some coins because he's got connections everywhere he goes, it seems. Like, you know, just his fame and reputation. Yeah. Man of mystery. (laughs) Although it's not so mysterious. Like, I see you. I see you, Crocodile Dundee looking motherfucker. Doing some yeah. archaeological shit instead of out there, you know, hunting gators and. Like. <laughs> I mean, this definitely made like a fedora and a leather jacket, you know, the 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 uh, fashion statement of the eighties. <laughs> I think I had to buy a fedora after, yeah, you know, after uh, uh, Indiana Jones. And I remember one of my I used to have a, a high school science teacher who collected whips. Don't know what he did in his private life, but he had a whole collection of whips, and he actually had an Indiana Jones edition. I don't know how much he spent on this thing, because he said it was, like, not cheap, but a literal Indiana Jones edition. All yours for 1995. Like, a recreation of, like, his, like, actual whip. I think it was, like, fucking kangaroo skin or some shit. (laughs) I mean, which I will say, like, you know, watching people that, like, are good with a whip is pretty impressive. Like, there's, there's an art style to it because like you know i knew somebody that had horses and i'd be like run out in the middle of you know a a field trying to play with the whip and i'm like the only way i'm gonna crack this thing is if it catches me behind the ear or something like (laughs) you definitely fuck myself up more than like you know i would do anything else i'm like yeah i i don't know how this like became (laughs) people who actually know how to use these things can use them i don't know talent I hear they're they're you know really popular in the BDSM community though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy! And yeah, that took a turn for the dark. But like uh, the original we went... one was like um, made for eighteen million, made like three hundred eighty-nine million back in like eighty-one. So they've all been like hugely successful. Hell, even the the last one that that was probably the most critically not liked. Uh, you know. Still made like made for 185, made 790 million. So even when they suck, they're still like hugely popular. Well, I mean, it was such an iconic character, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, going back and rewatching these, and you know, just some of the you know explosion special effects and stuff, and you're just like, ugh, like that did not hold up. But the storyline and everything else, like it's still one of those that's like. Oh fuck! Indiana Jones is on. Like, yeah, sit just down that, and watch it. Like, just the score of it too is like that theme song that dun 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 dun. You know, it's like it's like even today. Like, if I'm we're going on vacation or something, anytime I'm like I'm going <laughs> on an adventure, I'm like humming dun 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 dun. dun. It's, like, it's like infectious. <laughs> ah yes, and the like the the trope of. Uh, Showing a plane, a, a line on a map as people are traveling around the world. That's I've seen that repeated in so many cartoons and other movies, and you know. <laughs> but oftentimes, else. like it's rushed, and I felt like Indiana Jones. Like it actually shows, like all the. Oh nope, we got to make a pit stop here. Oh, we got to go up here. Yeah. You know, I had to catch. You know, I got a layover, so now I'm over here. Yeah, like, it's like <laughs> there's like several little dots along the way. Whereas, like now, it'd be like. I don't care if you're going from, you know, one end of the earth to the other, just be a straight line. It's like, well, I'm sure there was, like, you know, fueling, and, like, we needed to stop and do some other stuff, like... Oh. There's gotta be some connecting flights somewhere. The... 
because we I think we talked about it when we talked about uh, UHF that the the iconic opening of the first movie where he's before you know anything about Indiana Jones and before you even get into like the real plot of the first movie it's him trying to get the little golden idol which I've seen that parodied it parodied it and that parodied parodied in so many fucking movies but what the fuck are you trying to know. say man but watching that him going in there and like the booby traps and everything it's like like I thought booby traps would be way uh way bigger issue uh growing up than than they actually were that's things too. Quicksand. Freaking like that uh, used to be like Yes. Like every eighties movie TV show, I always thought like Quicksand was gonna be like a bigger <laughs> danger than it actually is. But yeah, that uh when he's like going in there and like the finding the booby trap and the 'cause I he hates snakes. I don't I don't like spiders if they're on me. Like I see a spider, I don't freak out. But if a motherfucker's on me, I'm gonna end up like beating the shit out of myself trying to get it off of me. But that scene where him and his one guy tries to betray him and he, you know, freaking smacks him with the whip and then him and the other guy go in the, into the tomb and he's like, hey, and he turns around, he's got like two or three like big ass tarantulas on his back and he's like, swipes them off. He's like, all right, do me. And the other guy turns around and he's got like, his entire back is covered in tarantulas. <laughs> it's like, oh no, that would, I would just shit myself there. And then he's like, yeah, you just got a couple, man. And he's like, knocks him off. It's like, his entire back's covered in spiders. I'm like, nope. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, tarantulas, for the most part, they're harmless. Yeah, as a kid, though, you're like, oh my, that's a big goddamn spider. Now you know, like, oh, well, no, they're not I mean, poisonous or anything. They may bite you. That'll probably fucking hurt, but I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> and, but the, it's the little fuckers that get you. Those are the, like, everything poisonous is are, are, like, fucking tiny from the looks of them. You know, they're just kind of big and hairy. They're just like an eight-legged dog or whatever. But back in the day, if they wanted something to be, like, how many times did you see somebody put a tarantula <clears throat> as a spider that's going to kill somebody in a movie? And nowadays we know, like, fucking tarantulas yeah, aren't Yeah, but at, at the same time, like... <laughs> but they're intimidating It's looking. It's the visual intimidation yeah. of it, because it plays into, you know, that fear. You know, I mean, like, uh, I guess we'll go on a little bit of a tangent, because as somebody that keeps tarantulas, like uh, the Bracky Palmy Smithy, you know, that was a tarantula that was used in, you know, Eight-Legged Freaks, and it's like... Literally the most docile, but, you know, they're big, they're red and black, and they're hairy, and that freaks people out. Like, it's like the the main uh, spider from arachnophobia was that giant bird-eating spider, which yes, not poisonous at all, it just but it's just big as shit and can eat spiders. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, it... And, and not to mention, like, yeah, if it sunk its fangs into you, that's probably not going to feel too pleasant, but, you know, by and large, like, most tarantulas are going to be, you know... Like, the few times I've been bitten, like, once I was over the initial, like, hey, you've got your fangs in me, it was like, this feels like a mosquito bite, and it kind of irritates the skin. Like, yeah. you know, so you end up scratching at it, and it's like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. But, you know, unless you, you know, suffer from, you know, anaphylactic shock or something, most of the time it's going to be pretty pretty harmless. Now, you can get into the old world tarantulas, like in, you know, Africa and Australia and places of that nature, where... Those could legitimately hurt you. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily kill, but some can deliver a bite. You know, painful enough that make you wish you were dead. <laughs> oh. Something like the uh, you know, um, fucking king baboon, or the you know, like literally <laughs> it's a king bamboo. I'm just thinking a big red ass monkey. Okay, well, <laughs> think of a 
big orange spider. And, um, you know, basically, like, everything pisses it off. Like, literally, I've been across the room from him, and just being in the same room, the motherfucker's, like, striking at the cage. <laughs> like, they're just very angry. So that's how they got the nickname Orange Spidey thing. Yeah. Nope. And and, and those those will legitimately, you know, hurt you. Not something you want to, you know, take lightly. But, you know, they're beautiful to look at. That's, <laughs> you know, hairy tarantulas go. So, our first movie... <laughs> Doctor Wait, I don't get to talk about tarantulas anymore? Moving on. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, Henry Jones is after the, you know, the, the military uh, hires him to recover the Ark of the Covenant. You know, if anyone who's not a biblical scholar, that's supposedly the container of, like, the literal Ten Commandment stones that Moses, like, brought down from the mountain and whatnot, and supposedly induce like, like it's like a magical weapon of mass destruction if you if you believe in that sort of thing and uh literally it's like uh you know the freaking uh, but i do like how they touched on a lot of that stuff like they didn't try to go like overly like like they kept everything historic now i don't know yeah, about it's like the... literally like you know educational like these movies like it's like now, all i ever knew about like egypt and like you know biblical shit is like i learned from indiana jones back in the day and now i don't know how <laughs> uh historically accurate you know the depictions are but you know that might be something you know worth taking a dive into maybe maybe that is going to be our you know foray into uh, archa archaeology Ar yeah that's it <laughs> I'm like archetype. No, that's a cigar. Yeah, we, we smoked that. <laughs> uh, um, but and it kind of made sense to the like the first movie set in like the late 30s because historically we've we've all read that Hitler was obsessed with the occult and at one point was trying to find the Spear of Destiny because he thought it endued magical power. So he was like doing research and all this occult shit. So it's a plausible story point. You know, that's one of the things. Some of the best stories you take a little bit of. Uh, reality to mix in with your fiction to make your your storytelling better so it's like all right i could see that the nazis would be investing heavily in trying to find the ark if if something popped up to find it so it's like you know it, it's plausible that you know the nazis are going to be your bad guys and not just you know because they're nazis but they're like legitimately trying to find this magical weapon yes <clears throat> I don't know. Like in the corrupt uh, archaeologist Balrog. Ah, uh, Balrog. <laughs> or Balak. Let's call him up. Yeah, also starring Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood. Uh and uh yeah, Paul Freeman as Dr. Rene Balok. And that fucking little uh little Nazi uh dude with Ronald Lacey as Major Arnold Tot. Which I thought it was funny as shit when at one point when when they capture Marion and they're going to like torture her for information. And he comes in with his like sweet leather trench coat that somehow completely immaculate, even though he's in the middle of the desert and he reaches in his bag and he's going to pull Dude, up. it's Brown. The sand is Brown. Everything <laughs> is Brown. But like, he's like this black, like Darth Vader, like a nerdy Darth Vader. And he pulls out, this looks like a, like a tiny pair of nunchucks. You think he's like pulling out his like torture devices and he snaps it together. And it's just like a fucking coat hanger. 
so he can like hang his jacket up and not set it down or anything. Uh, it's like everyone's like, oh, he's pulling out the tool. Oh, wait a minute, he's just hanging his jacket. All right, we're, we're cool. <laughs> Why don't we have those? <laughs> I know, like, I, I like totally need a travel fucking <laughs> coat hanger. Exactly. Like that was kind of badass. I've never seen those before. <laughs> dude, we 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 go on you know yearly adventures and stuff like where we carry shit that could probably stand to be hung up. Yeah. What are we doing with our lives? Wearing wrinkly shit. Wearing wrinkly shit. <laughs> well, we could be a fashion Nazi. <laughs> hmm. 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 I don't. I don't think that goes over I mean, too they, well. They, they they ruined uh, yeah fashion and screwed up tiny mustaches for the rest of us. You can never have a tiny mustache and look cool again. Charlie Chapman was the last man to be allowed to wear a tiny mustache. I don't know. I think if you got some French in you, like, you can sort of get away with, like, the, you know, the the French style, you know. Yeah, f- French do some weird facial hair things. Like, but, I don't know. Then again, like, I can't really say that the tiny mustache is really a, uh, I mean... I got a little baby beard. I can't even weigh in on facial hair right now. Like, you know, like, I haven't even got my full man, you know. Yeah, mine's starting to get a little sea captain Like, uh... <laughs> it's getting down, like, mid-chest. Like, you know, so, I mean, I, I can't really even weigh in on the impressiveness of, you know, um... That and my fucking hair, dude. It's like, the wife's like, I like you having long... And I'm, so I've not cut my hair in, like, probably five months at this point. It's like... It's the longest my hair's ever. Like, I can't wear a hat anymore. I miss wearing hats. They don't fit on my head anymore because my hair doesn't grow down; it just grows out. <laughs> it just gets thicker. <laughs> I have the opposite problem. My hair grows inverted. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna like you know, put it in a man bun. That way, I'll, she'll finally let me cut it. She's like, "Nope, you got a man bun now. You got to cut it." <laughs> That's how I'll finally get to <laughs> get my. You hair cut. get a man bun. We can't be friends. <laughs> I know I'm gonna do it for like so she tells me to cut my hair. <laughs> And I tell you, rewatching this movie, and it's been a long time since I've watched the original. There's lines in here that I've stolen. I'm like, oh, that's where I got this from. Because like, especially when, when him and Marion like get the Ark and make it out of the Nazis, and they're on on a ship trying to smuggle it back to America before they get stopped by the Nazis yet again. And he's just all beat to shit, and he's trying to like, she's trying to like, you know, help him out of his clothes, and she's like, it's like you're not the man I uh. I, you know, I was with 10 years ago and he's like, it's not the age, baby. It's the mileage. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like I've done that where I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, I'm feeling old. And they're like, you're not old. I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's not the age. It's, it's the mileage. This is like a high mileage body. <laughs> or when, when she's trying to kiss him and he's like, ow, that hurts. She's like, well, fine. Where does it hurt? And he just points to his weenus. He's like, here, this doesn't hurt. <laughs> and I'm like, she kissed his weenus. <laughs> Before we even knew what the weenus was. Yep. Uh, missed opportunity. Indiana Jones made it fashionable. I I don't really... can't say I've seen too many weenus kisses. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I can't say how fashionable that really is. <laughs> like, It's old school. Back in the 40s, everybody was kissing weenuses. <laughs> so that's what was going down in the brothel. A lot of a lot of weenus kissing. Had <laughs> to pay extra for the weenus kissing. <laughs> we need like a little alarm that like just goes tangent. <laughs> Same time we get off. Track. I mean, but that's that's the beauty of doing a podcast. Like 
Everybody's seen these fucking movies. They know what the fuck's going on. They don't need us to tell, you know, the entire, you know, step-by-step step of what happens in Indiana Jones. If you don't fucking know, then go watch it. It's not that you, hard. One of my favorite... I watched it. One of my favorite scenes from this uh, this movie that's where Indy is... Uh, they're kidnapping uh, Marion, and he ends up running into this big-ass motherfucker... With a turban and one of those giant swords, and he dude just starts spinning around doing all this cool sword shit, and he just looks at him like, "Really?" and like pulls out his gun and shoots him. <laughs> and it's and it's the the story behind that scene is so great that like literally, like Harrison Ford had food poisoning and had like dysentery like all day, and we're like, because they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do this epic whip versus sword fight scene, and it's gonna be awesome." And like the day they're supposed to film it, he's like shit in his pants, literally, and like can't fucking do it. and you can kind of see it he just looks like sweaty and sick at that moment and he's just like i'm just gonna fucking shoot him i got a gun why the hell am i gonna fight him with my whip <laughs> well i mean and and don't get me wrong like the whip's pretty impressive but you got a sharp ass blade like I... which i thought was funny in the the second movie it's like spielberg finally got his sword versus whip fight scene because because they almost try to recreate that. It's like after he makes it out of the temple and across the bridge, he gets jumped by a couple guys and he, uh, he goes, they're like whipping their swords around. He's like, I've done this before and goes to grab his gun and his holster's empty. He had dropped it somewhere and he's like, fuck. <laughs> so he actually has to fight the guys with the swords. It's like, it's like, it, it, he gets that smirk, like that Han Solo smirk, like, Oh, I've been here before motherfucker. And he's like, shit, where's my gun? <laughs> I'm literally going to have to fight these guys. That's a tactical fail. But that also, you know, that part was probably one of the next, you know, most iconic scenes. Like, you talked about, you know, just him, you know, swinging branch to branch, uh, you know, George of the Jungle with a, with a whip and whatnot. But, um, you know, like, the other thing is always, like, him, like, on the fucking swinging bridge after he cuts it and everything. It's like, there's a lot of impact there. Like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know that you would be able to, like... Like, you're going to dislocate something wrapped around, or you're going to hit that fucking wall, like... Oh, yeah, like, that was a long-ass swing. That yeah, like, like... They're, like... He's, like, trying to whip his leg around and telling everybody else, like... he ta You know, because he's got short round with him. Uh, shout out to Anthony. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say fuck you on his behalf. <laughs> uh... That's funny. Like, for a long time, too, I couldn't remember it was short round. I was like, Sidecar? No. What the fuck would his name be? Sidecar. Like, the fuck is this? Transformers? Like, uh, Sidecar. Sidecar Willie. <laughs> like, oh. I was thinking, Temple of Doom, which was the second one, that movie, like, like I didn't realize how I rewatched him is, is actually a prequel. And that's what threw me off, was I was like, man, these fucking timelines. And then I was like, ah, okay. So this is basically the origin story that the first never got. <laughs> yeah, because like, basically Lucas was like, you know, Nazis are kind of played out. I don't want to do another movie where the Nazis are the bad guys. So let's set this one earlier so we can give them some other bad guy to be competing against. I mean, what's it going to be? It's either Nazi Nazis or it's Russians. That, that, that's your two picks. Yeah, that was the later movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the day, it was like Nazis or Russians. That was, you know... Kind of, and then eventually, like Middle Eastern terrorist guys, you know, it's like those were your uh, your your set bad guys in most like '80s <laughs> movies. I mean, I guess at the time, you know, it makes sense. I mean, you're just coming down from, uh, you know, 
World War II still very heavily in the the culture, you know. Um, Vietnam, like, I, I don't really. I mean, yeah, they did go to a lot of jungles and stuff, but I mean that was more Amazonian and shit. So, like, yeah, you know, I, I understand why. <laughs> so yeah, that the first one was set in like thirty six, thirty seven, and this one was set in thirty five, <coughs> and kind of started off very. You know, you know, it made that thing that, you know, Indiana Jones was Spielberg's James Bond. The movie starts off very James Bond where he's having kind of like a meeting with a guy trying to trade him a diamond for some reason, uh, some like Chinese gangster. And he's like, comes in in like the white tuxedo. And I'm like, homeboy does look fairly Bond-like <laughs> and runs into Willie, the nightclub singer and suddenly had like the first movie it's just all pretty much him and then eventually hooks up with Marion but this one like hey guys let's give him a a, a young child sidekick and a annoying lady to <laughs> slow him down throughout this <laughs> which yeah. rewatch that movie like god damn she gets annoying between her and short rounds like you know accent is like it's just like my ears start bleeding after a while <laughs> No time for love, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Andy, you call him Dr. Jones. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure, isn't that the same kid from Goonies? I don't know. We talked about that. We never looked it up. And I never looked it up. <laughs> oh. I, I I, get it. We're older than Google, but maybe we can still, you know. Yeah, this one came out in 84. You know, budget of $28 million made 333 <laughs> And, like, you know, escapes. Uh, this one had, like, a brief cameo by Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and just so you know, Jonathan Key Quinn is both in the Temple of Doom and Data in the Goonies. Ah. He is a Vietnamese him. American. Hmm. Who made a career playing Chinese kids. <laughs> hey, hey, whatever. You know, make it work. I wonder what he's doing these days. Um, they're supposed to be making a Goonies reunion. <laughs> I feel it's been a rumor for years. Uh, and this is pretty much anything I knew about Indian culture came from Temple of Doom back in the day before I uh, the internet came out and I met actual. Uh, apparently, Indian he is people. a stunt coordinator in many movies, um, huh. like X Men and stuff. Nice, because so. I believe he did like some martial arts stuff, like when he got older. Yeah. He did a little bit of martial arts in this movie. But yeah, it's like uh the the set, like you, you can tell like the budget definitely went up on this one. And also it was a lot darker than than the first Indiana Jones, like Like least... the first Indiana Jones like going back and rewatching that and everything. It plays out like a video game. I'm like, man, I definitely see the inspiration for Pitfall and like, you know, like so many games, like you know, Tomb the boss Raider battles where he are... fights, they're fighting around the the plane. Yeah, and he's like, like he fights the one Nazi, and then it, like the giant Nazi comes out. And... If only, if only they would have replaced the uh, the plane with a helicopter. <laughs> like, but I mean, you know, like uh, so many games, like you know, I was like, you know, where he sets a trap and the bowler starts rolling, you know, and he's running toward the camera, and I'm like, that's some Crash Bandicoot shit. <laughs> Well, this one had like the crazy minecart 
uh, chase scene where I'm like, I was like, oh, this is just straight like some Disney ride. (laughs) Well, dude, it's fucking DuckTales. Like, oh my God, now that you say that, it's... (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely see that. Like, um, but I mean, at the same time, like they're on the Mm -hmm. mine cart and it's like, I think I've been on that roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that like internal, and then they decide to flood the whole thing and it's like, oh, this is this generation's boulder. Now he's getting chased by a giant wave through the mine tunnel. Well, dude, think about every video game ever. What sucks? Any level involving water. Yeah. Like. And there's always some level where you're having to run from collapsing ceiling, you know, unstoppable bad guy. There's always that one, like, you know, just like kind of quick time level where you're having to freaking outrun something that's going to kill you if you miss a button or something. Fuck your quick time events. That's all I got to say. And to this day, it's like the... Yeah, this was so much darker and bloodier. Like, the whole, uh, the, the freaking, uh, dinner scene when they go to the temple and meet the Madaraji or whatever, and it's like, and they're, they're eating bugs, and it's like, ooh, we have snake surprise. What's the surprise? And they cut it open, and it's full of little snakes, and everybody's just, like, snacking on those bastards. And then she's finally like, do you have something simple like soup? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got soup. And then it just brings her, like, a bowl of eyeball stew. And it's like, all right, let's just skip to dessert. Ooh, we have chilled monkey brains. I mean, that was something straight out of, like, Faces of Death. It's like, yeah. just bring, like, the frozen monkey heads to the table, and it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then, like, we're, you know, to, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, he, when he goes to the the Ark uh, chamber, it's, like, full of freaking snakes. This one, it's like, it's all bugs. <laughs> like, that, because, like, like I said, insects, man, I'm like, don't care. Hate roaches. Not on me. And when, she, yeah, she walks in that, they walk into that, that area and it's just like, the f- floor is crunchy and it's like, turns on the light and it's like, oh no, this is like my old apartment. <laughs> it's like, There's oh. a reason it was $150 a month. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like... Oh, but yeah, the, the fucking walking through the roach and those giant like stick bug things is like, yes, this probably won't kill you, but it's real disgusting. <laughs> this makes your skin itch watching that shit. Uh, I don't know. Kind of reminds me of, like Fear Factor. You know, they put you in the enclosed tank, dump the insects over you. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, all you gotta do is keep your eyes and your mouth closed. Like they're not gonna put something in there that's gonna kill you. Like they don't want that liability. Definitely tuck your butthole. Uh, you know, hey, <laughs> don't want a bug in your butthole. Well, it's not a hamster or gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a roach infestation in your prison wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I got a roach in my brooch. <laughs> brooch? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tainted love. <laughs> Tainted love. Oh. This, this is why we can't, like, legit have real sponsorships and <laughs> yeah. real opportunity to do stuff. Uh, and... But we can. <laughs> the the zombie freaking heart rip scene, too. Like, to this day, it's like, you know, it's like, Kalima! Kalima! I want to rip somebody's heart out and, and show it to them. Dude, that's how I got every girlfriend ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, bitches be like, you stole my heart. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> Kalima! <laughs> If that's not true love, I don't know what is. <laughs> like I even said that first time I watched that fucking... Uh, my wife kept watching that... Uh, 
that was it once upon a time and the evil witch keeps pulling people's hearts out and like every time she does it I'm just like Kalima she's like shut the fuck up <laughs> I was like, come on, she rips my heart out. You gotta say Kali Ma, or it doesn't work. Yeah, like, I mean... <laughs> but I think it's funny, like, you know, like, the, the whole thing is, no, just put your hand over your heart, and it won't... It's like, well, there's there's a lot of rib cage and a lot of other stuff that it has to go through. I don't feel like your, your, your fleshy hand bones are gonna, you know, prevent that, like... <laughs> cover Do your that? heart, Mr. Jones! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, ripping the dude's heart out was... And speaking of effects, we kind of skipped over it. The opening of the arc scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, a lot of the the animation from uh, from uh, um, Poltergeist, like when the when the spirits come out and start. Uh, yeah, I can see so, that resemblance. And then the the face melting scene is like <clears throat> that's still. I mean. We got CGI now, so it's like it, the the claymation of it yeah, still looks a little still, bit, but it I, still looked bad at like as a kid that scared the fuck out of me when it's like, oh shit, homeboy's face just melted, <laughs> and then one guy's head explodes, and it's like, and I've seen like recreations of that where people have made like a a fake head and just basically hit it with a heat gun and and melted all the 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 play doh or whatever the hell they had made made it. I think I saw uh, somebody made a, a head out of cheese. And <laughs> did the uh, the Indiana Jones face melting with like a heat gun? I don't know. Like uh, when I heard that in Repo the Genetic Opera that they Paris Hilton had a face melting scene, I was like, I want to see that bitch's face melt. Like that was, that was my whole premise for uh, watching that film. <laughs> it's like when's it gonna happen? Hopefully, it happens early, so I don't have to watch this whole movie. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible movie. Uh, and the, probably the end of the Indiana Jones original trilogy before we got the last movie was probably one of the the funnest ones it's like i, I like finally meeting like indy to anna jones father in the last crusade which came out in 89 made for 50 million made 474 starring sean connery the highlander himself <laughs> and it was kind of cool because they did like they started the movie off with showing young Indy as like a, basically like a boy scout or something on his, kind of his first, he finds some, uh, some grave robber archeologist type guys, like finding this golden cross. And he's like, that should be in a museum and, and tries to jack it from him. And it was cool. Cause you see like the, where he like basically stole his style from the guy who the leader of this gang that he stole the cross from. Cause the guy's like, literally when you first see him, you don't know it's like, a flashback and you see like the fedora, the leather jacket, the dude's even got a whip and somebody says Indy and like the kid that's watching turns around. It's like, Oh shit. That's like, you know, young Indiana Jones, which they, they made a whole series of that, of like the adventures of like kid Indiana Jones, which was actually a fairly good TV show for a while. But yeah, he like just straight, like stole his entire style from that, from that was the guy that, and he even at the end of it, like when the guy tracks him down and gets the thing back and he like, but he kind of admires him because the kid was so, you know, stood up to him and was like such a hard dude to track down. He's like, you lost today, kid. Doesn't mean you got to be happy about it. And gives him like the fedora. And it's like, and it's like, and then he like fast forward. He's like, you know, he basically like, you know, the whip, the hat, everything. And you even see where, cause he starts off like a snake's from. He's like, and his buddy's like freaking out. He's like, dude, it's just a snake. You even see where he gets his fear of snakes. Cause as he's running from the dude, he jumps on a, a uh, circus train and then it falls into a freaking snake pit. 
<laughs> so it's like after that he's like all right now i hate snakes and that's actually you know <laughs> the, that whole scene was the premise behind why we chose the cigar because it's like yeah as he was running through the circus train it's like oh you stumbled in the lion's cage like and he tries to grab the whip but he doesn't know how to use it yet so he like ends up hitting himself in the face when he's trying to whip the lion <laughs> it's like but it's kind of funny seeing like where he got like all his his like accoutrement and and style and then, of course, his father's... That's another thing, too, that was weird about rewatching this movie, is when they first come to him and say, hey, we found this thing that tells us where the the uh, Holy Grail is, and your father was tracking it down, but he disappeared. We want you to go find it, and if you find it, you'll probably find him. But he's like, at first Watch he's like... Watch out for the knights. Yeah. But at first he's like, oh, this is just a fairy tale. I'm like, dude, you literally found the Ark of the Covenant. If anything, like... You should believe this biblical shit is, like, real now. Because, like, why was that true? But the, the grail has taken it too far. Because <laughs> Monty Python already did it. <laughs> it's like, that part just didn't make sense to me, where at first he's like, oh, the grail's bullshit. And then he's like, I'm like, dude, you literally found the Ark. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I you know, uh, there, there were certain takeaways. It's like... Like, like you said, after all the adventures, like, nothing should, you know, be doubted at this point. Like, that or everything was just a ploy to get them at, you know, one particular destination. Like, <laughs> it's like, all of your relics are fake. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> do you have a certificate of authenticity? <laughs> yeah. And, I like, of course he bangs, like, the hot, uh, uh other archaeologist that turns out to be a uh, work for the Nazis. Huh, see, and, the, and the, but that, at the same time, she also seduced his father. So, like, when he finally catches him, and like, uh, he's like, uh, you know, she's like, yeah, th- that night was wonderful. And both of them go, thank you. And he's like, looks at him, he's like, Ugh. and Dad's like, well, <laughs> like father, like son. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, I don't know that whole thing. I don't like fast women. Like, like at certain times, like the 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 lines are just like ah, the, like just she's she's like talking shit to him. She's like, "You like the way I do things, and until we find you, my father, we're going to do it my way. You like the way I do it." And like, he's like, "I do what I want when I want." And then like kisses her, and she's like, swinging slaps him, and then kisses him back. Says, hey, back off! I don't like easy women. <laughs> you know, it's like what the hell, dude. But then I like too when like it's revealed that she's a bad guy, and they're tied up. And she, uh, you know, gives him, like, a big kiss, and she's like, that's how Austrians say goodbye. And then the Nazi guy wanders over and, like, punches him in the face, like, that's how Germans say goodbye. <laughs> and he's the like, Austrian wave I prefer better. the Austrian wave. And his dad's like, yeah, me too. That's <laughs> 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 uh, like, oh, and he's kind of like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Dad banged my girlfriend. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I mean... Like, it's just funny how much shit they always end up in. Like, <laughs> Or when they're flying the plane, and he's like, Dad, you're going to have to use the machine gun. And he's like, 6 o'clock! And he pulls out his watch, he's like, What happens at 6 o'clock? He's like, No! 6 o'clock! And he's like, trying to use the machine gun, and then it just rakes the tail of the plane. And he's like, Sorry, son, they got us. <laughs> <laughs> just like the banter back and forth between those two. It was like, it turned into some kind of weird, like, you know, buddy comedy with, like, you know, motorcycle chases and fighting Nazis. 
I mean, sometimes you you gotta have a comedic relief when you're you're fighting the the Nazi invasion. Yeah, of all the movies, I think this one had the most comedic stuff in it. Like, and they all had like comp, you know. I mean, comedy uh, elements. I, I I think for me, like this the really... first film, just because it's the iconic Indiana Jones, and then this film were like the two most enjoyables. Yeah, the next film. <laughs> we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and when, you know, his, oh, and when they're trying to get back to America, so they, they hitch a ride on a blimp, and the one guy tries to, he gets in a fight and throws the dude out the window, and the, the, the other people are all looking at him, he's like, he didn't have a ticket. And they're like, oh shit, now they're pulling yeah. their tickets out. <laughs> <laughs> And when they steal the plane, they say, you know how to fly a plane? It's like, yeah. Don't know how to land it, but I can fly it. <laughs> Once you're airborne, I mean, it's easy. Which that's, yeah, that's really the easy part. Like, it's taking off and landing is the hard parts of learning to fly. Once you're up there, it's all good. <laughs> For the Mostly. most part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, unless, you know, something mechanically goes awry. But, yeah. It's like, okay, I probably just don't want to steer left or right too heavily. <laughs> uh, Hashtag do a barrel roll. And I like the, you know... His dad, even though like Andy's gone and all these adventures and stuff, to his dad he's still just a dumbass kid. Like when they're like, he's like, I can't believe you brought the freaking, I sent the, the diary to you to protect, and you brought it back here. And they're like arguing in front of the Nazis, and he finally like punches one of them, takes his gun, and like shoots three guys. And he's like, Holy shit! Like you just did that. <laughs> and like completely shot that his his son just like you know wasted three dudes. He's like, <laughs> you know, because Andy's always like. The badass, but like now that he's with his dad is still like, You're still that fucking dumbass kid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and even later he's like he's like, Yo, why do you keep calling him Junior? He's like, Cause that's his name, Henry Jones Jr. I named the dog Indy. <laughs> he's like, I like the dog better. <laughs> yeah, just the, the the banter is what made this film. So I guess uh do we and when then they and and then when they get to the actual the grail room, there's like all the cups and there's the old ass knight and he's like, Choose wisely and the Germans are like Well, this is a really fancy this is the cup of a king, I'm gonna drink out of this and and it's like almost like the face melting scene from the original where he just like like prematurely like ages like super fast and turns into like dust. And then the and just like everyone's like completely shocked and the knight's just like he did not choose wisely <laughs> <laughs> ah, agreed. It will get the best of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then unfortunately, they made one more. <laughs> Which, I, can, I always hate remakes for the most part. There's a few exceptions. But I always like it when they, tr- even years later, when they try to do a sequel. But... Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which despite being probably critically the worst of the bunch, still made a shitload of money. Because it's kind of like a Star Wars movie comes out. You're just going to see it. It's well, made, I mean, made it afterward, but it's fucking Star Wars. You're going to go see it. And I'll go see whatever the next Indiana Jones movie is, which now we've heard that uh, Spielberg has backed out of directing, so... Uh, that may I, at first I'm like, well, that may be a bad thing, but then again, Spielberg and Lucas made Crystal Skull, so maybe it is a good thing because the new director, uh, 
can't remember his name. He's, you know, the guy who directed Logan. So, yes. I mean, and, and, you know, and while I'm kind of worried about Spielberg stepping away, I'm like, they got a good guy directing it. So maybe we'll get something better than this. And I mean, I will say that, uh, you know, Harrison Ford came out and said that, hey, you know, the only way I do the next Indiana Jones film is if it's on par with the Marvel stuff. So, you know, I guess he wants, you know, uh, another foray and be like, ah, the Star Wars money is not good enough. Like, <laughs> I need a billion dollar film. Do you think they pull a Han Solo and kill him off in this one and and turn the reins over to a to a kid? I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I mean, cause at the end of, you know, the, uh, the last crusade, you know, at, at the wedding, you see the hat blow in, you know, to the chapel and the son picks up the, you know, the hat and goes, put it on and shit. He's like, not yet, kid. Yeah. You yeah. And like, You're not ready for that yet. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, thinking that maybe i mean but yeah because so far we've not really had a whole lot of news about the new one other than it just started filming so well we i mean his... it has no director at the moment yeah because <laughs> <laughs> this one they kind of brought back all the old you know they brought back marion ravenwood again played by karen allen and shia labeouf played her son mutt williams who turns out to be actually indy's son that he did not know he had so they kind of it almost like then they set up for like a continuation but then it just kind of Never happened. Yeah, this came out in 2008, and it's been 12 years since this one came. So maybe they, they kind of turn it over to his son toward the end of this one, or because we've not really had any kind of news whether yeah, and I don't Shia know. I mean, back or, or if they recast him if the character of Mutt is back. And not to downplay, you know, Harrison Ford, but I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a lot of, you know, the practice effects and stuff like that like no I, he's I, just you, kind you, of you know he, he's definitely yeah what is he in his like 70s now it's like how much how much of a beating can he take you know Indiana jones always gets his ass kicked a little like how much is that can he take without breaking a hip at this point yeah I, you know so uh, stuff like that makes me you know i i don't know i mean i i'll tell you we'll keep you know Following, you know, and updating uh, throughout the nerd news. Yeah, yeah since this one was set in 57, you know, no more Nazis. So this time they brought in the Russians who were trying to track down a... And it's like a real item that we've heard of, the Crystal Skull. But they're supposedly like, oh, these things are agent... Whatever, uh, alien origin and, and kind of has some kind of like psychic powers that they're trying to weaponize. Mm -hmm. But I like the, how the film kind of, because all these movies kind of start with but like that's a, how we get Wolfenstein. Yeah. Start with like a weird, like, kind of opening adventure where it's like him, Indy and somebody else are like kidnapped by these like Russian agents and like dragging into some kind of big warehouse that turns out to be, I guess, Area 51 or something like that. But at one point they're getting to like this chase through this warehouse full of boxes and at one point somebody crashes into something and you see the arc for a minute in like a box. It's like... Oh shit! This is that warehouse from the end of Blades of the Lost Ark where they where they stored the uh, in the Ark. I'm like, and they were there looking for. This doesn't belong in a museum. It belongs in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, this is like you know, years later seeing the series area or area uh, warehouse thirteen. It's like when you see that 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 scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like, oh, this is warehouse thirteen. <laughs> 
I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have the arc at some point in, in Warehouse 13 because it like pretty much looks like what you see in that. And then apparently, you know, as he's fleeing these people, he ends up on a bomb test range, and you can survive a nuclear attack if you hide in an old metal refrigerator. And when World War Three breaks out, folks, remember, hide in your fridge. Like, watching that, and I'm like, yep, definitely see where they got the idea from Nuketown and Call of Duty. <laughs> like, yeah, it looked very much like that. <laughs> I don't uh, remember being able to hide in any refrigerators, though. Yeah, but the the story of this one was so weird. That, and it had, like, there's a lot of CGI in this one where everything previous had been heavy practical effects, a lot more digital stuff, and then for some reason... Lucas and Spielberg were like, hey, let's make aliens, like the big plot point of this that, you know, not saying it's aliens, it's probably aliens. Yeah, see, that was, that was kind of the thing, is like everything up to this point had, you know, actual historical, yeah, historical foundation. Basis. And, and this one was just, alright, well, we're going to go completely sci-fi with it. And it's like, uh, it's like, let's make the Indiana Jones version of X-Files. It's... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's no motor and Scully. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it's like the the computer generated stuff. It was just kind of looked weird. And then the you always have to have some either snakes or bugs. The scene where they're attacked by those freaking army ants that just devour everything. That's kind of like from watching old movies. We always thought. Uh, Quicksand was going to be a bad thing. The flesh-devouring ants is, is another thing that you think is a, a way bigger problem than it will ever be unless you're in, you know, the jungle somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that could be, a, a, you know, a legit problem, you know, in, <laughs> yeah. in some parts of the world. Like, it's like, oh, that's there's billions of ants making a migration. I, I probably don't want to be bit and stung many, many times over. Like, Yeah, they're just, like, stripping flesh down to like fucking skeletons i'm like oh that looks <laughs> visually look pretty badass for the queen <laughs> <laughs> for the queen <laughs> but yeah it was like the whole and then at the end of it there's like a giant freaking spaceship that like flies away and and it's just like it was just weird for an indiana jones that's probably why i only saw this movie once <laughs> i saw it approximately Three times. It took me three times to make it through the one continuation. Like, it's like, it just, I don't know. Like, it, it just didn't hold my attention the way that the other films did. So, you know, I mean, eh. But yeah, it's like, I mean, it was the second highest grossing film of 2008. Then again, there must not have been a whole lot of good movies came out. In but again, it was like one of those, it's, I think this movie was so popular due to nostalgia factors. From watching the trailers and everything, it looked awesome. And you're like, oh shit, this is an Indiana Jones movie almost 20 years since the last Indiana Jones movie. So it's like, we've got to see this. And then it was like, oh, this well, I, isn't good. <laughs> so, talking about 2008. So you had Iron Man. You had The Dark Knight. You had uh, The Curious Case of uh, Benjamin Button. Um, Iron Man and Dark Knight. How how was this the number two highest like, grossing film? Um, it definitely like won some some freaking nostalgia points. That's the only way this movie <laughs> made that much money. Like, let's see. I'm I'm curious to see what the. It's probably Iron Man, but we'll see. Well, I mean, I don't know because. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was The Dark Knight, Iron Man, and then Indiana Jones. Hmm. And then followed by Hancock, according to... <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about Hancock. Yeah, like... <laughs> um, uh, so, as far as young sidekicks, who was better, Mutt or Short Round? <laughs> or who was less annoying? <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta like... Short Round was annoying, but at the same time, like... I mean, dude, he played that role to an absolute T. Because I mean, he, I mean, well, he saved I, Indy's ass. You know, he... I mean, think about it, dude. Like, uh, so as somebody with a younger sister, like I can remember hanging out with girls and like you know trying to sneak a kiss and like every fucking time, like, hey, like create <laughs> some kind of fucking interruption and be like, you're so fucking annoying. So I mean, from that aspect, like, I get it, you know. It, but I, you know. But, I mean, he definitely carried his own, you know, like, uh, when he's fucking getting voodoo dolled and, you know, shit, you know, and, uh... Yeah, I like that, too, because, like, at one part where he... Because there's... Indy's fighting a guy, and the kid's, like, jabbing him with the freaking voodoo doll, and Short Round, like, you know, ends up fighting him, you know, off. But it's funny, because, like, at one point, there's the camera shoot where you see both of them fighting at once, and he's pretty much copying Indy's moves. Like, it's almost like the exact same fight's going on in two locations, like short round saved his ass a couple times, and it's like, all right, yo, homeboy's like legitimately so, I mean, a good sidekick. I, I mean, so I'll say from that aspect, like you know, he brings some shit to the table, and you know, makes sure that he keeps his eye on the ball, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so he gets cock blocked a, a couple of times, but I mean that that's to be expected with kids. Um, uh, I, I I don't know. I mean. But that's his son, right? Or was yeah? It yeah turned out like, to be his his actual um, son. I, mean, I will what say, what like, the short round? There's never no mention of him in any of the other movies. <laughs> Did he die on an adventure? Like there was no mention of short round in uh, Last Crusade or anything else. Maybe in the next one, you know, an adult short round will show up and uh, and help Indy on his adventure. Yeah, at least I, give us some closure on old short round. I don't know. I mean, I do kind of like the you know fifties greaser era. You know, I mean, um, I I don't know. I mean, you know, you see the the son make the mistake that uh you know other people make, and like you know it goes to pull a knife, and he's like, uh, son, you or you know, hey, you, you just brought a knife to a gunfight. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, best to just you know. <clears throat> counter losses and uh you know go with the flow like. <laughs> yeah i mean it was kind of cool him kind of teach him along the way but as other thing too like looking at some of the the filming of the movie it's like lucas just got i'm not lucas uh, spilford's kind of got lazy on this one because all the other movies were filmed in like other countries so it looked the international settings looked realistic where all of this movie was filmed here in america even the jungle stuff was filmed in like hawaii so it's like, because apparently Spielberg said he like, I don't want to be away from my family, so let's film this all like locally and then like rely heavily on freaking CGI. <laughs> it's kind of it know, didn't have that like worldly feel. That well, and some of know, the stuff definitely looks like sets and not like location and, and filming. I, and you know, to that, I mean, dude, this is over a decade now. Like, I mean, look at some of the shit. Like, Atlanta looks like a fucking African village. Like, you know, and, and stuff <laughs> And nowadays like, you yes. could probably do that and still make it look like... So that's I mean, why, fucking like, Wakanda is, like, in Atlanta. So yes. it's like, yeah, like, today you probably could pull that off and make it look like you're in so, I mean, Egypt and the Amazon. You know, that, I, but... 
I, I think we've kind of been spoiled by how much stuff has progressed in the 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, like, if we had a mindset of 10 years ago, like, would we have known? Like, uh, like that, that's kind of the thing. Like, it, so, talking about a future Indiana Jones, like, I mean, yeah, they probably I think could you pull can that do it locally. And, 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 yeah. CGI has also come, you know, a long way. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, depends on if you're trying to CGI out mustaches and stuff. But <laughs> why is there a mustache floating in the sky? <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> and is he? Yeah, it's like I wonder when this one will be set too, because it's been. 12 years. Well, the last and, one was in 57. And, so this and one's also gotta be like, too, like late sixties, early seventies is going to be Indiana Jones versus hippies. Well, I see <laughs> like you've already introduced aliens. Like, so now you've made it like, you know, um, intergalactic. <laughs> so it's like, you know, how are you going to top that? Like, you know, or, are we just going to pretend that that film really didn't happen? And or maybe it's going to go pr- back to something a little more well, historical. Or based. maybe it's a set prior to this film or something, right? Because nothing's been released about the timeline, and yeah. you know, it, it, I think he's so much looks so much older than he did in that last movie. Can you? Well, yeah. we've seen Marvel's done some amazing things with CGI, making old people look young again. So. It's it's possible to clean them up a bit and maybe do a, another, like, 40s or 50s era movie. You know, or does, you know, he just not have the... I don't know, because in, in, in hearing him, you know, the, the couple of interviews that I've read, like, his idea is to make it more of, like, a Logan-esque film. Um, yeah, does he end up being the the Henry Jones character of this one and kind of take more of a backseat while his, you know, son or some younger adventurer does most of the action. Maybe we find out he was abducted by the aliens and his, (laughs) you know, son, you know, has to go and save him, you know, like if they do aliens again, they got to get a cameo from the freaking ancient aliens guy. He has to have like a (laughs) spot in this. Yeah. I mean, that would just be a missed opportunity. Otherwise I feel like, so, we've not... This Churchill's lasting a good bit. Here we are at the end of the main segment, and we still got about half a cigar. What do you think so far? I've, I've not smoked of a... The only Aurora I've ever had is the 100 Anos. This isn't bad. It's got some got some flavor to it. Uh, I think this would be a phenomenal... I'm not noticing as much sweetness as it claims, but it's... it's. I don't, I don't get the graham cracker yet, but maybe that comes, like, in the final third or something. But, I mean, I, I'm still going to stick with, you know, a little... Peppery, um, yeah, woody. Um, yeah, there's a little spice to it. I think this would be a great whiskey cigar, though. You know, yeah. something, you know... It's strong enough not to be overpowering enough, but it's got enough, like, spice kick to, like, pair it Well, it's already got the, the woodiness to it. Yeah. So if you paired it with, you know... Good oaky bourbon. Yes, exactly. Um, well, with that, we're going to run from this giant boulder that's crushing down on us for some reason and come back with some science. Correct. 
man, welcome to science. We gonna learn some shit. And first topic of discussion, since Indiana Jones is afraid of snakes, wonder if he's afraid of robot snakes, because that's a thing they're making now. Alright, what is the premise behind the robot snake? Basically, uh, um, in a new paper published in the Royal Society of Open Science, um, kind of, they're bringing together the field of robotics, biology, and physics, and trying to make a, uh, you know, Chin Lee is the, the senior author of this uh, uh, paper. Um, he's the professor of mechanical engineering at John Hopkins University, not to be confused with Josh Hopkins University. <laughs> you know, the way snakes move and how they can kind of climb, you know, across, you know, uneven terrain and up even up walls and stuff has kind of given them the idea of trying to recreate that robotically for, like, search and rescue robots. Something that, you know, maybe can't maneuver through, like, earthquake rubble on your traditional treads or wheels. They're, you know, building these robot snakes uh, that, you know, can kind of fish their way into places regular robots and people can't get to to hopefully find oh, that's know, survivors awesome. in you know disaster areas like I'm, I'm thinking like dude that's that's pretty fucking phenomenal actually because like you know like you could actually like do it in segments so like you know if you needed to rotate a segment or something of that nature for you know it to counter correct and everything like that's, that's... and they found watching snakes, uh, especially the king snake, that when snakes are kind of climbing up objects, like the front hat part of the snake will elongate while the tail kind of contracts while the center of it remains rigid and kind of acts as a base for the the parts that are moving. And they've, they've re been able to recreate that since some success with the robots. They found that the the first version of the robot was able to scale objects that were about 38% of its own body mass and with like a hundred percent success rate. So n now they're kind of scaling it up and like, so they've, they've studied it on uneven, more flat terrain and now they're kind of working more, you know, vertically, but eventually, like I said, equipped with cameras and monitors and stuff like that, these things will be able to, you know, weave their way into like a collapsed building to see if, you know, there's any, any survivors that need uh, And that's awesome help. too, because you know, at this point, like you're, you know, like, if you can go in and do the exploratory prior to moving in heavy equipment and, you know, potentially risk you, you know, risking first responders' lives and stuff, like, that's pretty awesome. Like, Yeah, it's like mim mimicking movement in robotic form uh, uh, is kind of the And they've kind of added, like, a suspension system to it. Like, the, you know, a, you know, original version of this snake bot is like, it's like a long segmented snake with, like, tiny wheels on each segment that, you know, is able to kind of adapt to whatever fucked up a terrain it encounters and also, you know, get into small spaces. You know, hell, they could even, like, attach... Like fucking MREs you know, or, yeah, you like know, some... You food know, or water, water supplies and... to it to get it into someone to, you know, help them survive until rescue uh, can dig its way through or at least, you know, give rescue crews a better way to locate, you know, to know exactly where they need to to go and maybe scout out potential hazards so they don't uh, make things collapse worse as they're 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 digging in. Dude, that is awesome. Okay, you know, because first like robotic, and I'm like, but now it's like, 
why haven't we done that already? I mean, I know like we've used utilized robots in some capacity, but it's like that's really freaking awesome. <laughs> and from helpful robots to something kind of fucking weird, scientists at Osaka University have developed uh, robots that can feel. Yay, we're making Terminators that can, you know, feel pain. They developed a synthetic skin that contains sensors. Dear to... God, that looks fucking creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, their demonstration bot is a child bot. Uh, but it has sensors that can detect changes in pressure, whether it's a light touch or a hard punch, and have equipped it with an artificial pain nervous system that when hooked to the lifelike android uh, can kind of react with facial expressions to tell if you've you've hurt this motherfucker or not, which... Why make it a child? That just makes it extra creepy. <laughs> uh, it has a you know, capable of various expressions from smiling to frowning. Uh, and, you know, is complete with this artificial skin. So, you know, it can respond to, to like getting punched in the face, apparently. <laughs> and they're saying the purpose of this, of, you know, are trying to, help robots understand and empathize with their human companions and make them more, uh, more, uh, relatable to humans. Can we just or stop into building a fucking like, Terminator? What was it? Germany that had the fucking sex robot brothel. Yeah. Like I, I think it finally apparently went out of business. Like the guys like trying to sell off the robots now. It's like, <laughs> uh, we assure you that everything has been, you know, properly sanitized and everything <laughs> else it's like well, that's the thing i heard today was like, like apparently the company that makes the the real dolls have developed a new one that has like artificial intelligence that can actually hold a conversation with a person and 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 videos of this some people have not been able to tell the difference between the robot and a human so instead of like terminators we're going to get like sex bots that are going to go wild and we're gonna get hunted down by like stripper bots which then again if you look at arnold back in the day wearing all leather he could have been a sex bot from the future yeah yeah i could see that like it just <laughs> so do you really want this thing like there's a lot of fucked up people in the world so do you really want this thing like you know is used for like i would think that the premise behind the robot would be to do the things that probably a normal female would be like no um <laughs> like that's not how you get you know a empathetic reaction um i i just yeah it's uh it's kind of scary yeah like yeah. I, I, I if you want terminators this is how you get terminators. yeah absolutely it'd be like man these these humans are fucking sick and disgusting let's eliminate them like <laughs> Uh yeah, this is this is how it's all gonna end, folks. And uh don't put your dick in crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Indiana Jones and his whip, Amazon has filed a patent for a space whip. <laughs> it's a mega whip, uh, a, a ship that will use like a mega whip that will fling items into possible low Earth orbit. Uh it's it's is this what they're using in the fucking Fast and the Furious trailer? <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah, they're they're looking for ways to transport cargo faster with a smaller carbon footprint instead of having to launch supplies and stuff into orbit. This giant mega whip that, you know, is kind of 
hooked in with drones uh, from the the diagrams and stuff. It's uh, produced by Amazon Prime Air VP Gur Kimchi uh, and co-written by Amazon inventor Louis Leroy Legrand III. So this is really where all of our Prime subscription money goes, yeah. right? The the two day shipping was all just a big cop out. Like. Yeah. Yeah, they aim to launch items into space on the end of a giant whip. Whip it good. <laughs> So yeah, there's like yeah, they're wanting to be able to place supplies and shit in space without having to launch them with rockets and spend a bunch of money that way. So yeah, this is kind of a kind of a weird novel approach to uh, <laughs> to uh, space travel. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I uh-huh. yeah, I thought, I, I, yeah, I'm just not sure the. I like I, I you know in my head like I can't help but you know you know the the theme parks how they have like those fucking slingshot rides and stuff like <laughs> yeah like you're going to see one of those on a massive scale and it's like okay strap in <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, you order something from Amazon it's in your house before you even like think about it now it's like yeah or it's left in the rain cuz Apparently their delivery drivers are as dumb as Well like I, I I keep hearing this advertisement for some moving company right and they're like just point and it'll disappear and like at the end of it it's like man i just called you guys how how are you here so quick oh we were on your street when you called headed in your direction like (laughs) (laughs) your amazon alexa was listening to you and decided you need to whip something (laughs) oh yeah so yeah we need your packages yeah indiana jones into space apparently that's a thing and also um and it's kind of interesting because uh, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast recently, and he was talking to a former NASA astronaut who currently works for SpaceX. And, you know, the space shuttle program got shut down and kind of everything's moved to the private sector building the next generation of spacecraft. And several designers are supposed to be having, like, the new shuttle rocket stuff, you know, are kind of going to be available within the next year or two. So we're about to go back to space. And now we're a step closer to going to the moon because the returning to the moon, anyway, um, as the Orion motor passes its final safety tests, they, they, like the thing had to successfully display like an abort thing where something bad happens mid flight, you know, that it can safely eject the, the command module without blowing it the fuck up. So they were able to, you know, successfully uh test that uh, rocket on february 25th you know and the command module safely e- you know ejected from from the thing and parachuted away um mid test so that's one step closer to you know, manned uh flight and you know this uh the first crew is going to launch uh by 2023 on the artemis 2 mission with their kind of trying to insert into lunar orbit, uh, which we've not done since the 1970s. And they said plan to have humans back on lunar soul by 2024, or at least by the end of the decade. And why this is kind of cool is because from that other interview I heard, it's like future missions to Mars or deep space, like kind of the problem is getting the equipment out of Earth atmosphere. So we're kind of looking at returning to the moon as a, launching pad to further space missions. And apparently there is ice deposits on the moon that has hydrogen. And if we can 
kind of return to the moon, the goal is going to be developing kind of a refueling station where they can create rocket fuel from the hydrogen in the ice so we don't have to, like, you know, take as much fuel into space. Like, spaceships will be able to launch from Earth, go to the moon, and then kind of refuel to go further or doing some kind of manufacturing there for future space missions. So we deplete the fossil fuel on Earth to go to the moon to deplete the hydrogen that is also used for fuel. Like, so many (laughs) wars are based around oil. Like, this is the next generation. This is going to be intergalactic warfare, which is why we now have have space marines. (laughs) It all makes sense. (laughs) They all know, like, there's going to be an Independence Day invasion, so we got to start building that moon base, aka the first Death Star. (laughs) <laughs> and then we'll get to Mars, and we'll find a portal to hell, and then we'll have Doom. Oh, it's all coming together. <laughs> Video games have just been training us all of our lives. It's so, like Ender's Game. <laughs> I hope you've learned something from all of this. Uh, that's all I got for you. So what's your final thoughts on this here, uh, Aurora Adian? I got to say, I'm enjoying this one a lot more than I have some of the other Laura products. Um, Yeah, I'm not getting that sweetness they described, but it does have a nice strength, and that woody, peppery taste is is kind of built throughout. Uh, And just because I don't taste sweetness doesn't mean you won't taste it. We all got different palates, and we all experience shit differently. So try it yourself, and it's not a... Expense it's like nine fifty. It's not a. No, it's, it's in that average cigar price range. So it's not not experimenting with something that's fifteen twenty dollars that you know, you might not want to spend money on if you don't know it's you're gonna like it. But which per the new uh, fucking FDA regulations, like I guess we can. That's science, right? Yeah, sure. You know where basically, like I heard that the registration infrastructure is now in place to where. Something to be considered a premium cigar is going to have to carry higher than a $15 price tag. That's fucking ridiculous. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's time to go Rebel, man. Let's, you know, back in the day when, when they tried to ban alcohol, we started making moonshine. Time to start planting the tobacco fields in the backyard. Yeah, we did that. It's called weed. And uh, <laughs> they made that illegal already. <laughs> uh, but it's getting legal in a lot of places. <laughs> You gotta order me some CBD uh, uh, gummies and whatnot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Tidbits. Well, with that will be right back with some news. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week. And right here on the ESO Network. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right, in this rendition of news, we're going to talk about a remake. Hmm. Seems to be a common trend here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yes, in the, the era of reboots, remakes, and everything um, new that was once old, uh, I guess we're getting a Candyman remake. Um, we have our first Candyman trailer. Can. 
Yeah. That the original one with the what's that guy's name? Is it Tony Todd or whatever the That movie creeped me the fuck out when I was I a dude, kid. Dude, that movie used to creep everybody. I mean, so like so I I'm sure with you, like it was Candyman and it was Bloody Mary. Like those yeah. are the things that would come out of the mirror and kill you. Like as a kid, you just, you know, if you wanted to live life on the edge, you looked into the mirror and recited the phrases and, and well, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, when like, did the first one come out? Because like I, I, it was, I think I was young when that. I want to say it was like 1992 or so. Um, let's yeah, see. you keep talking. I'll Google. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I. I think it's been over 20 years at this point. Yeah, it's like because I remember like the first time I saw it, I went to the old old coming theater, and they just had the volume turned up so loud, and it was just like, I mean, it like 1992. Yeah, it's I was so I was like freaking 12 13 when this thing came out i definitely like snuck in to see this because i was definitely not old enough to see an r-rated movie and it scared the fuck out of me <laughs> well apparently you're old enough because you saw it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so um jordan pill um you know has teamed up with uh yeah, for a guy who made you know, got his start doing comedy and dude's turned into a legit horror director. I mean, he's made some some pretty damn good movies. I just watched that uh, whatever This Is Us the other day at the cigar shop, and that shit was pretty creepy. So I'm like, and the, this trailer for Candyman just looks looks just about as fucking creepy as the original. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a, a shout out to the original. I mean, this is basically going to, you know, sort of, uh, you know take place where the original Chicago, um, you know, neighborhood and everything else was, um, you know, uh, I, you know, I, just looking at this, like, I kind of got that same feel from the original, like, yeah. you know, like, just that eerie creepiness um and and I, I don't know i mean Candyman was one of those you know iconic i mean you just the fucking hook like yeah. you know i mean and from the looks of it like kind of in the modern area of shit going viral it's like homeboy brings it back and like makes it popular again and shit goes horribly wrong <laughs> so yeah i uh really you know something i'm going to keep my eye on speaking here, of cause... like horror have you seen the trailer for Fantasy Island? I have not yet. Yeah, there's somebody's making a Fantasy Island movie, but instead of being the kind of TV show, like, they've turned it into a legit horror movie. So it's like a, a horror take on Fantasy Island. And it actually looks you know, pretty fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I could see that. Like, I need to check that out. Um, So here's my thing, like, with... uh. You know, this is set to release June twelfth of twenty twenty. Do you think they're missing a mark by not, you know, having it delivered, you know, closer to Halloween? Yeah, because they're, they're kind of going for, I guess, that summer blockbuster uh, area, which with Jordan Peele's kind of horror creds, I mean, it's going to make money. The thing about horror movies, they're usually cheap to make, and you know, the, so the return on investment on these are are usually very good. But yeah, you would think it'd put it in a a good like you know October Halloween season uh area but I, I, whatever man <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean that's fucking I'll candy man like summer. yeah i mean that that 
Held Jaws was a summer film. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that makes sense, you know? I mean, because, like, I, you go into the beaches and stuff, like, I mean, get it, it's probably more tropical and everything, but, yeah. I mean, you know, if it's 50, 60 degrees versus 80, 90 degrees, I'm, I'm less apt to go into the water. Like, <laughs> and just um, when you thought it was safe to go back in the mirror. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another trailer that popped up uh, was, um, you know, Netflix and their anime series, and uh, they are doing um, War on Cybertron. And the way they're doing it, utilizing 3D CGI and everything... Um, and it looks like the Generation animation... 1 Transformers. Like, yes. like The design of them is the classic 80s Transformers, but looks pretty badass. Like I, I can't wait to see this when it comes out. It's like, hell, fucking Cybertronic Spree's on tour this summer, so... Like, I've never seen them outside of a con, so I definitely want to get tickets to that show. It's like, yeah, like the kind of making the 80s Transformers a little more adult. I was like, this looks legit. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, like, I mean, just watching this, I mean, I, I don't know, dude. It's the fucking Transformers. Like, such a pivotal part of our childhoods and everything else. It's like, how do you not, you know? And. I mean, like, just the action, too. I mean, it's all over the place, you know, whether it's, you know, aerial battles, car chases, like, it just, the whole fucking works. Um, so, I I don't know, I mean... And even the voice, I'm pretty sure it's the same voice actors, too. I mean, it sounded like Transformers. I mean, it looked like 80s Transformers, at least from the design spec, yeah, spectrum, but... It also sounded like Transformers. It's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, so apparently this is going to be part of a new um, series that's set to be a trilogy. So um, what we saw is for Siege, and then I guess there'll be two additional um, you know, installments after this. Um, but yeah, dude, looks freaking awesome. Um, just trying to check and see. Say I don't... my name, say my name. Oh, boy. Like... <laughs> Uh, I, I guess when you're talking to Candyman, though, could you really have picked a... Just the slowed-down, creepy version of Beyoncé just went with that trailer so well. Yeah. It's stuck in my head now. <laughs> so, um, War for Cybertron, um, we don't have an official announce date, but slated to hit Netflix sometime this year. Um, moving right along here... Um, a, another trailer that came about was um, something for... a film called the postcard killings and this jumped on my radar basically um jeffrey dean morgan i hadn't really followed much of anything he's done you know since walking dead like i yeah, guess I he's still doing that i don't know um <laughs> yeah, I've, I've tuned out of that but i see him in a trailer occasionally so <laughs> yeah but this film like I, I watched the trailer and i was like holy shit this feels just like seven yeah, it's like almost like a seven slash, uh, uh, like, um, um, Silence of the Lambs feel to it, where it's yes. like a, you know, a, a cop out for vengeance hunting a su international serial killer, um, whose methods very much resemble those of the Zodiac. And it kind of reminds me of uh, a couple episodes of CSI, where the guy's like killing people and then posing them, uh, recreating famous works of art and sculptures and paintings with dead bodies <laughs> and announces his arrival with like a postcard. Like you've received the postcard and in four days, somebody's going to fucking die if you don't stop it. And yeah. yeah, it, it looks pretty badass if you like those, like, you know, 
psychological. Yeah, I mean, I would I would put this thrillers, you know, you know more definitely in the thriller category. Um, but uh, we don't have to wait too long on this because this will be hitting theaters March thirteenth. Wow. So, um, you know, definitely something to check out if check you... Check that out on your birthday weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Are you turning 27 again this year? I, I think so. <laughs> I can't even fucking count. Dude, I'm turning 41 this year. I'm officially, like, in... You know, when you're 40, you're like, oh, I'm 40 now, but not, now I'm in my 40s. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a drink of 40. Yes, yes, you should. Do do some Edward Forty hands for my birthday. <laughs> well, no, what you got to do is a forty, and then like one extra beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be spending my birthday in Ohio at uh, the Steampunk Symposium. So if anybody's coming to Symposium, come track down your cigar nerd. I'll probably be blazing in the parking lot if it's not snowing like it was last time we went up there. Yeah, uh, we were still blazing in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're smoking in winter. It's like you got to smoke one hand at a time. I keep one hand in my pocket until my smoking hand got numb, and then I would switch hands. While the other hand defrosted. The missed opportunity is we definitely should have taken some hand warmers or something yeah. to like throw in our pockets so that way like your one hand is like actually like. Getting... Well, it used to be later in the year, so it was in April. So here it was like 60, 70 degrees, and we get to Ohio and it's like fucking snowing. <laughs> it's like, fuck, we did not prepare for this type of weather. <laughs> yes. Uh, for something else you don't uh, really prepare for all that much, uh, Jurassic World 3 apparently has a title now. Yeah, and according to Chris Pratt's Instagram, it has just started filming. Yes. Um, so uh, this will be titled Jurassic World Dominion. Um, oh, I thought it was Domination. <laughs> nope, nope, Dominion. <laughs> I totally read that wrong. Because <laughs> um, Jurassic so... World Domination sounds pretty cool, <laughs> especially with the whole SWAT Raptors and shit. It's like... <laughs> And there's a baby Triceratops. Mm. Because, you know, in this era of Baby Yodas, like, everything's got to play to, you know, ah, oh, it's so cute. Oh, I saw the greatest meme today. It was, like, uh, it was Baby Yoda sipping the soup, and it said, like, I'm only going to have one beer. And then it's, like, ten beers later, and it's, like, the gremlin that's, like, smoking a cigarette and flashing people with the trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, uh, yes. Another, like, great crossover. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Got all sidetracked. Um, Speaking of which, they just talk about baby... They just discovered a new Tyrannosaurus. I think they're calling, like, the Reaper of Death. It's like a smaller T-Rex. It's almost like a, a big raptor instead of a, <laughs> a T-Rex. But I was like... Yeah, it's kind of ironic they just find that right before they start filming a new Jurassic Park. It's almost like marketing. I wonder if they will, like, incorporate that somehow. I don't know. Maybe too late. <laughs> um, so something kind of quirky and, you know, entertaining that came across uh, my radar was uh, a series called Micro Mayhem. Like, we talk all the time about... What the hell's going on with Twisted Metal, and why haven't like we got like an actual like Twisted Metal film or anything of that nature? Like, yeah. um, I mean, which we all know, video game to movies, uh, things can go sideways. Especially the level quick, of CGI like. now. I mean, you could really do a, a good Twisted Metal movie. I mean, we had that Death Race thing that was almost a Twisted Metal, but yeah, like legit Twisted Metal would be a badass film. Well, this series is actually kind of badass. Um, one because I'm a fan of Robot Chicken. Um, so this basically uses the same kind of stopgap animation of Robot Chicken, um, 
only with that kind of twisted metal vibe. Um, so John Favreau, Seth Green. Um, you oh, know, shit, I didn't know Favreau was involved. Yes. Um, but it looks. And if you're a fan of the old Micro Machines, and I wonder if they're gonna have the really fast talking guy show up at some point. But if he's even still alive. But uh, yeah, it's like twisted metal action stuff, but with like tiny cars, micro and, machines. Like yeah. it, it's great, and it it works. I mean, it's you know. Over the top, you know, bloody explosions. I mean, anybody that was a fan of, like, the robot chicken, you know, kind of comedy, you know, just short one, two-minute bits, like, I love that shit. So, um, you know. Speaking of short rounds. Yes, absolutely. You know, (laughs) go and give it a watch. It's, It's absolutely worth your time. Um... Borderlands. We had Borderlands 3 release. Uh, I know you're not really a fan of the whole RPG type thing, but um, Borderlands is one of those games that you don't have to take uh, seriously. It is a first-person shooter, and the comedy and everything else is always over the top. Um, You know, so for folks that like to be called meat bicycles and uh, things (laughs) of that nature, or if uh, you're a Torg fan and you like explosions and... uh, Tell you from now on, anyone asks, like, hey, what, what do you identify as? What's your pronouns? I'm like, I'm a meat popsicle. Just, just say you're a meat bicycle. <laughs> meat bicycle. Yeah. I saw a weird, like, stoner thing today. It was like, you're not really a person. You're you're actually a brain operating a bone mech covered with flesh armor. That'll make you think. Interesting. <laughs> Well, Borderlands is apparently getting a movie adaptation. Um, a little known director, Eli Roth, hmm. and Lionsgate Studios. Um, so as successful of a franchise as Borderlands has been, um, yeah, like, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, you know, of course, you got Randy Pitchford from, you know, the Borderlands, um, you know, CEO and everything of that nature for Gearbox Studios and, uh... Yeah, I, I just got to say I'm excited. We don't have any trailers or any first looks or anything, but we do know that a movie is coming. So, um, who knows? Like, hell's yeah. See Tiny Tina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the action stuff from those games, that's going to be interesting on the well, big I screen. Well, I mean, it's great because it's definitely adult humor, but it's set in this, you know, animated, you know, environment and all of the guns are just you know over the top all of this has that almost on the animation style of it i wonder how that's going to translate into live action are you going to lose something not having that weird almost cell animated uh graphics yeah i i I don't know i mean you know because i i don't know that they would do it You know, that's the thing. Like, they could do a really badass, you know, keep it more of the animated style, or they could go, you know, um, full-on live action. Um, You know. We shall see. Yeah, like, uh, (laughs) uh, that's all I got right now. Um, Any other tidbits, news, anything you want to share? Uh, That is it. Um, Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also members of the SO Network at esonetwork.com you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at cigar nerd pod you can pick up your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com use your promo code cigar nerds for 20 percent off your order and also get some badass smoking shirts at real men smoke cigars.com and with that whip it good 
and this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.